throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet a stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax debt line for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. What is up, basketball fans? We are back with the second edition of the Playoff Posting Up Podcast. Uh, big crew on today, as always. Big Jace, Sean Scanlon, King Zay, and our resident Celtics fan, Chris Pagano, joining us here today. Chris, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, so, going to be discussing quite a few things today. Um, without further ado, we'll get right into it. Um, guys, basically, I want to know... Aside from your favorite teams, because I know a lot of us have teams in this playoff, which is very exciting. Uh, what's been your favorite series to watch so far? Chris, since you're our guest, we'll start with you. Um, I got two. I'd say my first favorite would have to be Knicks-Hawks. Um, it just came out. It was a great first game. Um, it's just very close, very close competition. I love to see it. And then I'd have to say my second favorite would be Portland-Denver. Um, I just love seeing Damian Lillard play in the playoffs is just amazing. I love to see it. And uh, Jokic has been putting up some pretty good numbers too. I just like the, I like the, um, the competition between both of those two sets of teams. It's been really good. Isaiah, what about you, man? Well, outside of obviously Nick's Hawks, you said, um, it's gotta be a Clippers and, um, oh my God, uh, Mavericks that right now rematch from last year. Luke obviously tore him up this week. Porzing is getting to play this year, you know, getting to redeem himself last year after the injury. And this series has been very, like, edgy. It's, I'm in love with the series. 
and um Blazers and the um oh my god uh yeah Jesus Christ yeah but uh <laughs> yeah I definitely uh been enjoying that Damian Lillard went off he even though it was a loss losing effort been he's been amazing watch him play the way he's been playing in the playoffs and I hope that if he doesn't stay with Portland hopefully he can find a team next year that can help him because this man is amazing. Yeah, that Nuggets series. Nuggets Portland series getting a lot of love early on. Sean, what about you? I know you don't have a team, so this is a free-for-all for you. Yeah, uh, I agree with uh, what Chris and Zay said. I think it's Hawks next. Uh, I think that, you know, they're two teams that had very similar seasons. They finished with the same exact record. Uh, they were both, you know, younger teams in the Eastern Conference. And then uh, midseason, they both had big changes that kind of helped them out. You know, obviously D-Rose trade for the Knicks and then the coaching change for the Hawks with Nate McMillan. But uh, And this all made up for a great game one. Obviously, uh, it came down right to the wire. Trey Young. It's the game-winning floater, and I think it's going to continue all series. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good series that probably goes to seven games. I wouldn't be surprised. And on game two, I want to see if, you know, the Knicks bench could continue to play well. Obviously, Alec Burks, you know, kind of carried the offense in the uh, fourth quarter, and I want to see if D-Rose and Quickly can bring it because, uh, I, I mean, that I think they're, they're going to need that boost from the offense, especially if Julius Randle and uh, R.J. Barrett continue to struggle. And for the Hawks, I want to see if, you know, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter could continue to defend as well because, obviously, Barrett and Randle had kind of quiet nights. So I, I think it's just a really good matchup with a high-powered offense facing a, a high-powered defense. So uh, that's probably my favorite series so far. So, um, <laughs> Sean, quick before I get to you, Jay, Sean had just brought up the uh, Derrick Rose trade and the significant impact that that's had for the Knicks. I have a text here of me texting the breaking news in the in the uh, show group chat, um, and Isaiah responded, "Yeah, I'm not happy about it." So I remember that. That was back then. Um, I I had said really, and then he was like, "Yeah, not only that, but he screwed us once already." And then, uh, so looks like he he came through this time, I guess. For, Isaiah. for the record, he he looked completely unmotivated on the Pistons. If you must, say, if I must say, he looked like he didn't want to play at all. So, so I mean, who would? Everyone's unmotivated on the Pistons. I, I, I wasn't expecting that, so I have to eat my words. And I, he's been a really good pickup. I eat my words. Um, Jace, outside of the Jazz series, what's the series that's caught your eye early on here? Well, I. Uh, Everyone said it. It's it's the Knicks and Hawks, but for me, the real thing is the refereeing in that first game. You got two young teams here, both a lot of first time playoff experience. You need to they need to learn what playoff basketball is. And Trey Young going and getting like these uh, t- little touch fouls. That's not it. But but since everyone's talking about the Knicks and the Hawks, uh, another series: the Suns and Lakers. Lakers have to; they have to win this to for just for the sake of LeBron and AD. And LeBron is being ridiculous. All these little flops and like he's getting that LA Space Jam mentality, acting bullcrap, stuck in his head, and it's coming out on the court, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's actually the series I was going to go for is the um, Lakers versus Suns. Um, I think the Suns looked phenomenally on the defensive end, especially dealing with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, You you saw them really struggle, and then um, they left it up to the Lakers' supporting cast. And obviously something I've been raving about for months is that the Lakers' supporting cast outside of LeBron and AD is not that great. And that's why they fell to the um to the seventh seed, and they're in this situation to begin with. So, 
I'm excited to see a Phoenix team that that is ready to prove why they are a legitimate number two seed. Um, and I, I just basically um, I, I'm excited to see that series. And Jace, I'm also excited about the um, <laughs> the Memphis series. I always like to see a young team get a win. I know you're upset. You said, oh, Dylan Brooks will never have another game like that in his life. <laughs> well, you never know. I said he can average a 20-piece during this series. Um, basically, that'll bring us right into our next little discussion here, um, talking about our own favorite teams. So, Jace, why don't you start talking about the Jazz and um, and analyze their performance in game one? Well, I mean, it makes sense what happened. Uh, you had a, a team coming off a week of rest, a little bit of rust, without their best player, uh, against a team that had to fight and claw their way in, warmed up the, to get into the playoffs, and they feel like they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So I, I can see it, it was a good game. It was a really – both teams looked very, very well. Very, they had glimpses of looking very well, but you can't expect the Jazz to shoot that bad for the rest of the season. There's a reason they're the best three point shooting team the whole season. You can't expect them to shoot that bad the rest of the series, and and I cannot expect Dylan Brooks to go off like he did. And also, Rudy Gobert getting in foul trouble, he's got to be better with that because at the end, the what really put brought the what really pulled it away for the Grizzlies was they were just running down the paint with ease. And especially on that last play, that the last basket they got, Dylan Brooks just had a wide open lane to score, put them up three. And it's it's wild, but we're going to get this man back. Memphis has pulled the upset. Not the back. You're mad. I'm back. Big man. He's mad. She's mad. Little special treat uh, for you guys. I know you never use that song ever again in the podcast. Yeah, not six nine. Come on now. I've not ever use that song ever. Again. Yeah, I might have to leave the show. That's kind of. Yeah, I might have to start over. <laughs> Just like the jazz, bring on the heat. Bring on the. Yeah, the heat. Bring on everything. I, I want to hear it. You're gonna hate. I, I don't care. We're still gonna win. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> Chris, I guess I'll go to you next. I don't know if you got any surprise little videos like that coming up, but um, I why, don't, no why don't you tell me about the Celtics' performance in uh, the first game? It was a little closer than we all thought it would be. It was tough. I mean, it should it honestly it should have been closer. When you look at KD shooting ten for twenty five from the field and James Harden shooting five for thirteen from the field, it should have been closer. And for turnovers, I mean, they were turning the ball over. When Robert Williams has nine blocks, we should be winning a game. When our biggest issue is rim protection and our center gets us nine blocks, we should be winning the game. But when you have Jason Tatum shooting six for 20 from the field, Kemba shooting five for 16 from the field, and Evan Fournier shooting three for 10, you can't do much. I mean, the Nets, this they have not had enough time with all three stars together to be able to find that true camaraderie between the three of them. And because of that, they're not going to look their best until second or third series. And because of that, the Celtics should be capitalizing early. 
And when we're shooting that poorly from the field, and we're also allowing them to get James Harden and KD to get to the free throw line over five times, we can't do much. So I'm a little upset with uh, especially Tatum's shooting performance, uh, one for four from three. It's it's not going to cut it. And I'm not, I'm not all too surprised, but I was expecting a little bit more. And um, we, we really need Kemba and Evan Fournier to step up for us to even have a chance in this series. I don't expect us to win. I don't think anyone does. But I do expect us to get one or two games. But after the other night, we might get swept. We just might. Yeah, certainly a tall task no matter how you look at it for the Celtics. But um, like Chris said, like you said, um, nine blocks from Robert Williams on your biggest issues are in protection. Um, shooters got to come through and shoot in the ball well, and that certainly didn't happen. Um, Isaiah, your team also lost – in their first game. Um, why don't you analyze that for me? Uh, obviously, it wasn't the crowd that was the problem because that Madison Square Garden was going crazy, especially in the beginning of that game. So what do the Knicks have to do to make sure they can secure a series win and, more importantly, win game two at the Garden? Um, I think it's going to take a little bit more. It's going to take a little bit more from everybody. I think uh, first game, a lot of young players in the playoffs, you had a lot of first game jitters. You could see the nervousness in them in the first half. A lot of missed shots in the beginning of the game on both sides. So you add that. And then mostly they got to find a way to stop Trey Young, you know, whether it's Frank Nilakino or, you know, uh, Nolan's Noel when he's, you know, coming out um, to help out at the center position. But they have to find a way to protect the rim and stop Trey Young from getting there. That float has been eating them alive. They've been killing them on the pick and roll. They have to figure those things out. Go to the drawing board. You got three days to figure it out. And Randall has to step up. Randall, again, we, we know the Knicks can beat this team. They've done it four times this year. Randall had an off night. I think if Randall and R.J. Barrett could figure it out, that team could beat that team by most margins, 15, 30 points margins you were talking about, if those two could figure it out. Because you're talking about a team that won by two points and they gave them everything they had. So the Knicks could figure it out, get more help from the bench, get the two guys going, the main guys going. I see them winning this series, seven-game series, obviously, but I see the Knicks winning it in seven. Yeah, I mean, one thing they showed us is that's going to be a hell of a series no matter how you look at it. Um, I'm going to shift to the Sixers now. Uh, I, I did like that they won the game. First and foremost, first and foremost that's the most important thing. But uh, there's one thing I, I, um, I should take uh, from this game, and that's the defense needs to be better. Four of the five Wizards starters were in double figures. Six total players were in double figures in that game. And uh, by no means am I saying Ben Simmons defended poorly, but um, he, he needs to step it up even further and show why he is a deploy candidate. Um, top three in that award, no matter how you look at it. I hope he does win that award, although I do think it will go to Rudy Gobert just because, you know, he's Rudy Gobert. He's won the award twice already. Um, but offensively, I couldn't be any any more happy with Tobias Harris. 15 for 29 shooting, 37 points, six boards. He also had two steals. And uh, Ben Simmons, uh, like I said, excellent defensively. Um, he also had 15 rebounds and 15 assists, which is great. And Bede had 30 points on 9 of 16 shooting. He was to the free throw line, 13 shots at the line. He made 12. And then someone who, who had a good game that I didn't really see coming was George Hill. He scored 11 points, which is which is big for him, and uh, he shot five for eight, so that was pretty good for me to see. Um, I, I really just liked 
the offensive performance. But like I said, the defense needs to get a little better. Like I said, I think I said a few weeks ago that the Wizards were the one team I wanted to avoid in this first round. And, you know, with my luck, we got them in our first round. So I think it's going to be a tough series. I could see the Wizards grabbing one, maybe two games from us. But um, I think our defense has to really stand out and continue, obviously, like Tobias Harris had a very efficient offensive game. So I think the offense is important, but the defense is, is super, super important, with especially with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Um, Sean, now I wanted to ask you, since you don't have a team, you're just kind of a big NBA supporter. Out of the four of us who have teams, um, one, who are you most impressed with? And two, who do you? Uh, what team do you think needs to make the most adjustments to kind of turn things around? Uh, I I wrote it down for the uh, not for your teams, but if I had to pick out a year four, I'd probably say I'd probably say the Knicks, even though they lost. Um, I think that you know their defense it, it wasn't great, but I, I know that you know Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett they're not going to play like that every game. I mean Julius Randle has carried this team into the playoffs, so I, I think that uh, it was really a tough game. Obviously, there's not much you could do when Trey Young's playing like that. So I think I was most impressed with them. Even though the Sixers won, I, I, I expected them to win by more. Um, obviously, it was a close game all the way down to the end. It was a five-point game with, you know, a minute left. So I think the Sixers are obviously going to win that series, but I, I think the Wizards could give them some uh, trouble with their offense. So I'd say the Knicks out of your teams and least impressed with uh, is the team that I had written down anyways is the is Jace's Jazz. I mean, uh, not good. That, that, that's what I'll say. I mean, obviously, their shooting is not going to be that bad all year. I mean, all series. Uh, they've been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA this year, and they'll get Donovan Mitchell back. But I think that the Grizzlies, they're a hungry team right now. Uh, they had a chip on their shoulder. Nobody expected them to even be in the playoffs. Everyone thought the Warriors were going to win that play-in game. And uh, I, I think that the Jazz's defense, they, they, they didn't look great either. John Morant went off. Dylan Brooks had a great game, was getting everything he wanted, either if it was in the paint, you know, a little mid, mid-range, three-pointers, he was getting anything he wanted. And uh, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, obviously Rudy Gobert was a little bit in foul trouble, but he was super efficient down low. So I, I think the Jazz are going to win this series for sure, but I, I think the Grizzlies could push them to six, maybe even seven games at the way that they're playing right now. Um, so yeah, I think that's who I was most and least impressed with, but uh, out of, uh, not your teams, I would say I was most impressed with the Suns. Uh, I knew that they weren't going to be a pushover for the Lakers. I knew it was going to be a great series, but I think it was a statement win. Uh, the way that Devin Booker played just phenomenal. Deandre Ayton had a huge game. Uh, he had 21 points, 16 rebounds on 10 of 11 shooting. So if Ayton could play that way the whole series, I, I think the Lakers are in big, big trouble. Yeah, uh, certainly. Zay, why are you shaking your head there? I'll ask you that. There's a read. Look, you don't bet against Vegas. If Vegas had the Suns winning that game and losing the series, and they know you don't bet against Vegas, they just know something for some reason. LeBron is LeBron is sixty percent in games that he's lost in the first game in, in that series. He's sixty percent. He, he wins them sixty percent of the time. That's better than majority of the league. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying the series is. I I think the Lakers are still going to win, but I I think it was a statement win. And obviously, LeBron teams lose game ones a lot, but I I mean, this Suns team is for real. They got they got depth. They could play defense. They're a great shooting team. So I think some people were sleeping on them just because the Lakers are obviously the um, reigning title contenders. But I this they're they're two, they're the two seed for a reason. I I and it's not going to be easy for the Lakers to win the series. On G Men last week. We talk about what player could make the transition from the NBA to the NFL. And, Zay, you mentioned LeBron. The, with how soft he's been playing this play-in and in that first game, 
he nah he needs LeBron, to play LeBron, like he's that's six the NBA foot though. Eight. That's, that's the NBA. That's the NBA. You you can't blame him for the, for the state of the NBA that it's in right now. It's been like that for years where they've been calling. Wait, when you're the face of the NBA and you're Look, doing that, you're you making gotta, that the NBA. It's, it's an advantage. Stuff, you got to use that, it to your advantage. Look, James Harden did it. Look how many call fouls James Harden gets with players barely touching the game. It, it's just part of the league now. It's just it's just part of the yeah. game at this point. It's like Turn traveling. LeBron was, LeBron was one of the best receivers in the country too when he had like 18 touchdowns his senior year. So I don't think he'd be like dominant, but I, he'd definitely be like a, a nice little tight end in the NFL. He'd be like a Kyle Pitts. Well, 10 percent acting. It's 10 percent acting. He's got to toughen up. It's every, every 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 team's got one. The Celtics got Marcus Smart. <laughs> Man, he would be a beast in the NFL too. Put him at linebacker and see what happens. He'd be a dog. I like that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we'll roll down safety. Jace, I do agree with you on the point. Like, LeBron is the face of this league. He should set a better example. But I also see on the other end that this is is the game we live in today, and that's just what everyone's doing. So um, we've got three games on the docket tonight. Uh, We're going to get you guys the game we're most all intrigued for for, uh, coming up tonight, but we're going to get an ad from Clovercrest Media first. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? High fly ball, right field. Grossman back, track, ball, Cena into the second deck. A grand slam the other way for Aaron Judge, and the Yankees are pouring it on. For the latest news throughout the sports world, tune in to Sports Talk with R&J every Wednesday at 1 p.m. If the Seattle management is going to give you their time of day, what makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by ten. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, Bron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. All right. Like I said, a lot of good games on the um, NBA playoff schedule tonight. Game twos uh, between the Celtics and the Nets at 7.30, the Lakers and the Suns at 10, and the Mavericks and the Clippers at 10.30. So both L.A. teams playing. Uh, Boston and Brooklyn are going head-to-head. Uh, Jace, I'll start with you. What game coming up tonight are you most excited for? I'm going to pay you back off what I was just saying. Lakers at Suns. DeAndre Ayton played like a, a man. He, he played tough. Hey, AD, oh, I won't even put it all on the brunt. AD played soft. Andre Drummond played soft. Everyone's letting this L.A. acting bullcrap get in their head. Nah. You got to come to play. It's playoff time. I don't care how the refs are calling it, if they're calling it this or that or the other. You're playing for your life, so show it. And the Suns, I mean, they're balling out. They've shown that they are the one of the best teams all season, and they played like that. LeBron and AD and the Lakers have to match that intensity, and they did not. 
So let's see how they bounce back. Because the Jazz just looked like a team possessed the other day. <laughs> Chris, what about you? What game you got your eye on tonight? See, I got – it's hard for me to pick. I got my eye on all three uh, for different reasons. Uh, for Celtics-Brooklyn, I mean, I got bias, of course, because I'm a Celtics fan, but I'm just excited to see Tatum. He's he's battle-tested. I mean, what he did in that play-in game was phenomenal, and I'm very eager to see what he does facing Brooklyn at 0-1, and especially I'm excited to see Kemba's, how he can bounce back. Evan Fournier, I don't think we played our best game. And if Robert Williams can do anything close to what he did the other night, I think we have a chance of winning. Again, I do not think we're winning this series, but I think we can put up a game or two. And for L.A. Phoenix, I feel like it's self-explanatory. LeBron down 0-1. Again, LeBron down 0-1. It's must-be basketball. And for them to make this series really competitive and to have a very solid chance of winning, which I think they will, they got to win tonight. And for Dallas Clippers, I mean, that's one of – I forgot to touch on it before in the first topic, but this is going to be an amazing series. I mean, it's – I'm very curious to see how Paul George and Kawhi Leonard bounce back after losing. And um, let's just see what they're really made of because at the end of the day, they get knocked out first round this year. Who's to say Kawhi doesn't leave? That's something no one's talking about right now, and I, I think it's a very big possibility. There's a lot of teams out there like Zay's Knicks that are showing that they have a solid supporting cast for a superstar to come in and help lead that team. They have a great coach in Tom Thibodeau. They have a great supporting cast with young players. Who's to say he doesn't leave for a team like New York or a lot of other teams out there right now who have money and have a solid uh, build of uh, supporting cast? Yeah, the Clippers surely do have a lot of pressure on them come uh, – you know, whatever happens to them this postseason, uh, especially a first-round exit would not be good, especially yeah, especially considering Kawhi Leonard is a free agent at the end of this season. Um, Isaiah, I want you to give me your game for tonight, but I also want to build off of what Chris said. You mentioned in the past you don't particularly want a superstar in New York, which I don't understand. What? So would you want – Kawhi Leonard coming to the Knicks, or are you standing by your no superstar New York kind of crazy thing? It's hard to say. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, <laughs> my game tonight is obviously I want to see the Celtics and Nets. And I picked that game because I'm hoping the Celtics can make this a series because I don't believe that that Bucks and uh, Heat series is over. I think that's going to go a lot longer than most people are expecting it because. Obviously, people are sleeping on Eric Spolster's ability to make adjustments, and I believe Jimmy Butler is finally going to step up and be the player he was last year that took them to the finals. But I'm hoping that the Celtics can hopefully make things a little hard for the Nets, and then the Nets have issues in the second round. That's just what I'm hoping because I hate the Nets, and I hope they don't make the championship. But back to your question about us having a superstar. As far as a superstar – my belief is I'd rather the Knicks build their own superstar. I'd rather them take a player like they have with a Randall or an R.J. Barrett and build them up. I would take a superstar at the expense of nothing. If you could tell me we could sign Kawhi Leonard and lose nothing, and I would have no objections to that. But the biggest issues with the Knicks in the past is when they go for superstars, they tend to reach and end up trading away more than it's worth. Like with a Carmelo Anthony where we could have waited to the offseason and got him for nothing and 
we had decided to trade away a bunch of first round picks that eventually came back to hurt us. So it's about the way New York handles the superstar situation. And plus being in New York, the pressure that there is just different than any other state. So uh, there's no guarantee that a superstar could win it for us anyway. So that's why I'm not big on the superstar train. I think Kawhi's the perfect superstar though, because he won't let that pressure get to him. He's a weird dude. He he's a robot. He, he doesn't have emotions. And you guys won't unless you do a sign and trade, which it would be all in your hands to be able to decide whether you want to do. Usually, sign and trades only happen when a team needs to clear up cap space in order to get that superstar. But you guys have the money. You guys wouldn't have to give up anything yeah. to get Kawhi Leonard. So. If if I'm a New York Knicks fan right now, I'm begging Kawhi to come to New York because you he won't says, have to up a thing. If he's a free agent, like I said, if we can get him at the expense of nothing, I'm completely all for it. But the Knicks in past have reached way too many times on getting superstar players, whether it's Carmelo Anthony, Stephon Marbury, even Tracy McGrady sometimes it seemed like a reach to get players like that just so you can have a name there. I don't like it. I hate when New York does it. I really do. I can understand that, but if if he's since he is a free agent, if he opts out this year, which he will, because he's available to get even an even higher supermax. There's no 20. guarantee. There's no guarantee. He will. I think he will. If they get bounced in the first round, he will. He's yeah. He's he's out of there if they get. I think that's more of a question on Paul George and not Kawhi Leonard. I think we got to start looking at Paul George because he gets bounced everywhere, whether it's OKC and he has two other superstars, or whether he was the show and pit when he was in Indiana. So. Got to start pointing the finger at Paul George eventually. He's got multiple years left on his deal, though. It's not really in his control unless he demands a trade. <laughs> Sad situation they got there. <laughs> that is true. Sean, what about you? What game you got your eye on tonight? Uh, yeah, we were just talking about the Clippers. So, uh, yeah, Mavs Clippers is the one that intrigues me the most. Um, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George, they have to be better. Uh, I in our last show I, I predicted the Clippers to win in five, and I mean the the Mavs proved me wrong so far. I mean they still have a chance, but I don't see them winning the next four games. Uh, and the Mavericks, the the other guys, I was that's what I was talking about when I didn't believe in them. I knew that Luka Doncic would show up and uh, be tremendous, but I mean the other guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway, they both showed up and had tremendous games, uh, not just on offense but defense too. So I, I want to see if the Clippers can bounce back. Obviously, I thought this would be the year after all the crap they took last year, uh, blowing that 3-1 lead. I, I thought they would be pissed off and ready to play, but it didn't look like it in game one. So a lot of pressure on the Clippers, and uh, this is the game that I'm probably most excited to watch. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go personally. I'm going to go Lakers-Suns. Um, I think it's really important, especially for the Suns, to build on their defensive game they had in game one. And if the Suns take a 2-0 lead, I'm not saying that Los Angeles needs to hit the panic button because, you know, they're going back to L.A. And people have their betting money on the Lakers. But if LeBron and A.D. or even one of those guys struggle again tonight and uh, the rolling, the supporting cast can't quite get it done, um, I think the Suns will build uh, their confidence to an all-time high and really prove why they're a two-seed and prove that they are the second-best team in not only the conference but the league. Um, I mean, record-wise, they are second best in the league. Chris Paul will do Chris Paul things, and he'll lose that series. Don't worry. I don't know. Like I said on um the show last week, our last show, I got the Suns in six. So I'm you got the Suns in six. I got the Suns in six. So oh, yeah. look crazy when that happens. Oh you know? yeah, we'll have to play that back in a few weeks. I know we should make a bet on yeah. that. 
LeBron, LeBron's never lost in the first round. Well, that's what happens this year. The, let the Lakers win. You know, we should make a bet on that. Something. A little friendly wager. Outside the realms of this show. <laughs> <laughs> like the roll call um, podcast, you covered the Mets for a day or something. We should. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Yeah, we're a good team that. like the Red Sox. Eesh. We're close. We're getting there. Um, anyways, yet. if anyone doesn't have any final comments, um, I believe that will wrap us up for today. Um, like we said, three games coming up. A lot of the, a lot of games coming up the rest of the week. Uh, we plan to go live again on Saturday at one o'clock per usual. There will be four games that night, um, and then uh, obviously there's games every day because it's it's the playoffs and that doesn't stop. <laughs> um, for the posting up podcast for Chris Pagano, thanks for joining us. King Zay, Sean Scanlon, and Big Jace has been Lucas Bulldog posting up podcast. <laughs> Attention all basketball fans, CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform.